This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Alright, what up, High Fivers? It's your boy, High Five Tom, and I've got my good friend here, Gary New Hampshire's own Will Mercier. Will, how are you tonight, my friend? Tom? It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. This is the oh my goodness, deal. no. What it's happened? Me. How could they do this to me? I'm trying to have my sounds all queued up for later, and it hits me with the autoplay. Rude. Motherfucker. You son of a bitch. You can probably figure <laughs> I'm out. I'm good. Good. Yeah, I, I, I've got a... I'm sure if they're even... Even the stuff that we use, it's pretty minimal. I could probably find this, like a cheap, like a free soundboard app that would have something or something I can like import the sounds to yeah we should probably look into that i mean we've only been doing this for you know a bit over two years now so i mean the episode about 112 113 113 holy shit jesus i mean it's not long but it's long it's been a while it's been a while just like that's bad in the creed and that's all Stained. Uh, okay, Aaron Lewis. Aaron Lewis. How the fuck do I know that? Jesus, I have no idea. You know who just played around here was Trapped. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, those. I mean, no offense. You know, and a lot of those guys seem pretty cool. But... I mean, the full, the full, the full tour was Josie Scott's Saliva, Adelita's Way, and Trapped. I mean, that shit's it's no uh, tricks. It's no trickster with enough Zenuff and Pretty Boy Floyd. That tour is coming up in May. Pretty Boy Floyd, no shit, huh? Trickster's doing an all acoustic set. God, I wonder how. Those, well, I listened to a couple of their newer. They might become they 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 might be coming to your neck of the woods, Tom. You'll have to look up the dates. You know, I will, and I bet you, my buddy Andy, former guest to this show. Uh, shout out to Andy. I will see him on tomorrow, or no, Friday. Um, that's totally straight up his alley. So, yeah, I mean, I could probably wrangle my buddy Ed. So, I wouldn't mind seeing Trickster. No, actually, I've, I take that back. I have seen Trickster. It is actually the Ooh. first band I ever saw live. Wow. Yeah, it was Trickster, Firehouse, and Warren, somewhere in 1991. 
What a show. Summer of 91, I was still gestating my mother's womb. I was just going to say, you were, <laughs> you were three months from existing at that point. So, yeah, it was my uh, my first show ever at the Marcus Amphitheater. So, and then my second show was like a year and a half later was Fight. Rob Helford's project on their first tour. Ooh. That show fucking ripped. Rob Helford, I mean. Rob, Rob, Rob Helford still rips. It's fucking rude. And he doesn't do much to prepare. Like, he just, no. he just has that ability. It's fucking crazy. When, when you're at that level, right? It's like, it's like a lot, a lot of people, they, they, it's like, do you practice? They're like, no. Like, yeah. I, I got it. Like, <laughs> uh, even just warming up his fucking voice, it's just like, you know, he doesn't sing a harsh, harsh way, but he sings pretty fucking a harsh way. I mean, he's not yeah. fucking, you know, like Chris Barnes. Um, you know, Coach Grander, I mean. Um, same way. Okay. Chris, Chris Barnes, I think, is the example of what happens if you don't take care of your voice. And uh... Yeah, but Coach Grander's, yeah, like I said, I mean, I've heard him a few times on podcasts. I mean, Dude, dude's a beast. I mean, I, I, well, I was going to say, yeah, the first time I saw him was like in 05. I mean, that dude's neck is like. It's, he is all neck. Yeah, he is. There's so much neck. There's so much neck. There is no more neck. No. Yeah. It's utterly ridiculous. Great fucking show. Well, speaking of which, yeah, because actually, yeah, Napalm Death opened up for that show. Yes. That was, uh, it was every, was it, no, as it was. One of those fucking three name bands. I remember if it's every time I die or as I lie dying, and then uh, I am April Death and fucking Cannibal Corpse. Well, show both both would have been good in hindsight. It would have been cooler if it's every time I die. Yeah, I just I don't know. I get a little fucking uh, elitist when it comes to shit like that, so. Yeah, you know, for me, for, for hardcore, if it didn't come out after fucking 1996, and like, fuck you. Which is a really shitty way to be. There's actually some really good hardcore bands that come out since then, obviously, so. Check my band. Yeah. You know, Lionheart. Yeah, one of my favorite bands is a band called Folsom out of fucking uh, Las Vegas. Uh, lead singer is on uh, Hoya's podcast, so shout out to Hoya. And shout out to the Impact player, Phil Ray, who's good friends with Hoya, the bass player, Actually, former bass player of Madball. Madball. Yeah, Phil's a Phil's a New York hardcore legend. Yes, yeah. So if he ever gets his I told him that motherfucker, if they get together, man, I'll I'll be there. So. This this seems all oh, this music chat seems a good time of any. Um, but if people know me IRL or at least follow my 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 personal pages, they would see that my my Valentine's Day came in gift came in today. Sexy I don't know. I it's a Hammer Slammer series, Californian, MIK, something or other. I don't know the year or anything like that. I'm kind of curious, so I might dig around with like the serial number on the internet and see if I can find out like when it was made. Made in Korea. I just got to get it cleaned up a little, get a case for it, and then eventually get all the other. Electric guitar accoutrements that I no longer have, like yeah. an amplifier or a cord to plug into a tuner. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, Faith's been playing a lot of guitar. She's been doing really well, so. Hell yeah, you guys got the guitar then. Yeah, I didn't tell you that. I thought the last time we talked, it was it was determined the guitar was getting got, but I don't think the guitar was in hand yet. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, a couple, yeah, probably about a week after that, so. Yeah. Hell got, yeah. Nice little acoustic guitar, so. Plays it every day, so. Got a nice app that she uses, so. I'm kind of curious. I want to look into it again. There was this thing you get for your, your video game systems called Rocksmith, where you plug into, like, has the like the attachment that goes to your system, and then you, you plug into that. And it's kind of like a rock band or guitar hero thing, but it's supposed to teach you how to play the songs that are in Rocksmith. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty similar to her app. I mean, the app picks up what she's playing. So. I've been... I've been dabbling. I used to be able to play most of Mississippi Queen by Mountain because it was a fairly easy song to learn when I was first learning yeah. how to play. So now it's like I, I know how the song goes, but it's like playing like the verses and stuff. Or it's like I'll, I'll do something. I'm like, that's not quite right. That's not what it's like. Where is it? It's like it's somewhere around here. Like I used to play this all the time because I would just sit there and play it when I was bored because it was something easy to play. Yeah. Yeah, like the only song I ever really learned how to play was uh, "When the Bell Tolls." On a bass guitar, obviously, it's a very bass-driven song. So, but, I mean, dude, fucking, I mean, it's tough though. I mean, Phil Burton's fingers were like, it was, it was fucking ridiculous. Well, it's like watching Paul Gilbert. He's got such long fingers. It's like the dude can reach like halfway up the guitar neck with just like a stretch. It's like, how am I supposed to do this shit? Yeah, you do the whole like I can stretch my you know, like Yeah. And all the all the wild stuff he's doing with Mr. Big, it's like I don't want to say what a waste, because Mr. Big rules, but they had Billy Sheehan and Paul Gilbert and they did all I wanted or I'm one who wants to be with you. Bananas. Tommy alright. You just uttered the sentence, Mr. Big Rules. At least that one album I had on cassette does. They were very talented and, and obviously very popular. But... Very talented, huge in Japan. Yeah. Paul Gilbert uh, had recently said that the reception to Mr. Big in Japan was like. Way over what they got in the states, and they were big in the states for a bit. But Japan ate that shit up. When I woke up this morning, if you would have told me on my bingo cards for the day, Will is going to utter the words "Mr. Big Rules," I would not have guessed that. Will, um, got to keep you on your toes, Tom. Yeah, I am. I am utter, utterly shocked right now. Um, yeah, so if, if uh, said friend is listening, um, yeah, I will definitely hear about that. So that's uh, I can see them being big in Japan. I wonder if they opened up and like I wonder if live if they actually like played played like let those guys fucking just jam. I mean, they have good songs. Like I said, I don't know enough of the catalogs. You know, if there was like some deep cuts where they got a little more like, hoo, 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 look at this. Yeah. 
Is there still play? I mean, Bill Sheen's been all. I mean, he did a bunch of stuff after that too, didn't he? Yeah, because he played with um Paul Gilbert's like solo band, right? Because he he played on like Racer X. Oh yeah, I remember that. And now uh, Billy Sheehan's ripping it up with uh the Winery Dogs. That's what it is. Okay, which is uh him, Richie Kotzen, and Mike Portnoy. Jesus, that's very good too. Fucking heavy hitters, right there. God damn. So right, you talk about talent. All the talent in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, and with all this music talk, we are not going to talk about what we discussed in pre-production. Uh, we will leave our opinions to that, uh, to ourselves. I'm sure uh, as we are recording this on Wednesday, uh, February 21st, shout out to my mom, by the way. Today's my mom's 83rd birthday. Happy birthday, Tom's mom. Yeah, so she's not here right now, but uh, we had a good time on Sunday. But uh, Mom and Watt spot. Yeah, Mom the Bomb. I was always saying Mom the Mom bomb. the Bomb. Mom the Bomb. Happy Birthday, mom, the bomb. Yeah, eighty-three. Crazy thing. God damn. So, yeah. Well, well, um, we do have a big show today because we do have a, a fantastic, yeah. um, a fantastic uh, eye pay per view. I think we're calling that. Even though know, I think this might have well, you could. I'm pretty sure you could watch these on ringbunner.com back then. Um, You'd have to have the. I think you might have had to pay extra for them. Yeah. Sure. But, they, like, right, they're not really branded as, like, pay-per-views. They're branded as, like, specials. Yeah. That was a good one. You know, we will definitely discuss, but... Uh, That's right. You know, State of the art. Yeah, from... From San, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, where, uh, as Steve Perino said, uh, that one goofy-looking guy with the fucked-up eye came from. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... He did pretty good for himself. Um, yeah, also the hometown of uh, one Mr. ACH, and obviously we'll discuss that uh, once we get into the show. But um, I don't know. Uh, I was thinking we could do something a little different, you know, with our, our questions of dishonor. Um, I was thinking, Will, as I go over my text messages here, that we could do run-ins first uh, so we can stop this. Yeah, Will. Um, Nailed it. You did. You did. Um, and I had to chuckle because uh, this happens to me all the time. Brun's like, I tried to send that, that question four different times today. Every time I got interrupted, LOL. I've been there. so. I mean, uh, I have that issue because where I work, it's like a bunker. And there's like no service. And it's just like I'll see you can't. Time. So I'm like, so I send a message that says it doesn't send. But then people respond. So I'm like, I don't know if these all go out. I don't know if only some of them are making their way out. Like, yeah, I'm like, why did Wilson this? Because because the hard part too is right. So, like, I work at a grocery store, and if you download the app for said grocery store, you're gonna sign your store, and if you're looking for something, it'll tell you exactly where in the store it is. So I spend a good chunk of my day when people ask me where is this, I'm like, oh well, if you do, you have the app on your phone. They're like, oh, no. It's like, well, I do. I guess I'll search it for you. <laughs> Wait, it'll tell you where uh, where shit is in the store. It tells you, it tells you exactly where the item is. Oh, that's a really good idea, actually. 
Yeah. It's the same setup for um it's set up the same way. It's probably connected for when um people come in and do like the Instacart and stuff like that, where they have it, it'll tell them exactly where like what shelf, what aisle. Wow. Huh. That's a really good fucking idea. For ease. Ease of shopping. It's funny because you think you'd want it to make it harder for people so they do more like uh, impulse buys, but that's that's. I mean, this isn't a grocery store podcast, but that is something that, that you know we talk about. As far as you look at like what marketing strategies or like how the business has changed, where it's like it used to be you just competed with the other grocery stores, and now you compete with your Instacarts and your, your DoorDash groceries and whatever. It's where it's like, if people make their list, right, they're not coming in. Because it used to be, right, you just move stuff around in the store and then people walk by more stuff, right, because they're going to walk to where they thought stuff was. Yeah. But now they got to go over more. Whereas now, if they're not coming in to make impulse buys, like, what do you do pretty much to get people to spend more money? Yeah. If they're not actually walking through the door. Coupons, that's how. I do. I mean, it's pretty, because it being more targeted, you know, they usually send coupons for shit we already, you know, already buy, which is nice. But it's tough not to buy stuff. You're like, I get grumbly when I get the when I get like the oh here's based on your purchase coupons. It's like give me the coup give me a coupon that I actually want to use. Like I bought this once and you're giving me a coupon for it. Give me a coupon for the thing I buy six times a week. <laughs> yeah, ours are pretty good. I mean, usually all our coupons are for are for shit we needed. It was funny because once someone that used to live here um, a long time ago randomly there showed up. You know, I'm like I'm not gonna send this to us. I'm like fuck it, I'll just open up some kind of coupon. It was totally different. I was like, oh, you can shop different. So, yeah, pretty like, cool. Give me cool. Like, we get cool. There's good ones that come to, like, just employees. They'll be, like, however many dollars off a basket total of whatever, or, like, a free item from this department or that department. It's like, give me a coupon for my deep kitchen frozen Indian dinners I get every day. Give me a coupon for these 99-cent sparkling ices that I buy six of every two days. <laughs> I was a Starburst slaver. We didn't even talk about that. So there are. So for listeners, I've I gave up soda at the end of the last year, and I stuck with just water and seltzer for a while. But I started needed something a little extra, so I started drinking these sparkling ice drinks that have no sugar and they have like the added vitamins and whatnot. Uh, and they just put out Starburst flavors. So there's cherry, orange, strawberry, and lemon. Nice. Cherry is my favorite. I'd say orange is next, then strawberry and the lemon. The lemon is really disappointing because it's it's not quite as like because they also have like a lemonade flavor. That's just and like that's a better lemon flavored than getting like the lemon flavored Starburst one. Right. But the cherry ones, oh, so good. You like cherry flavored stuff in general? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I was a big cherry coke. I was a big cherry coke drinker when uh, 
when I was in the soda. The Code Red Mountain Dew was my favorite. That's also cherry flavored. Yeah, those Code Reds were good. Mountain Dew's so bad for you, but the Red is um, You know, I don't have my hourglass figure despite giving up soda for almost two full months now. I'm very disappointed. Well, it's early, you know, so... You know, gotta get that more maybe that. maybe it's the maybe it's the gallons of ice cream I'm also eating every two days. So, well, you know, we just gotta rock in that DDP yoga again. So, I gotta my my flexibility's been so bad, so bad. Yeah, I'm doing yeah, I'm doing enough of that right now just to maintain, but I gotta I gotta start something up here. But well, since we're talking about grocery stores, and hopefully a future sponsor of this, but they sell little pre production. Um, yeah, my store does now carry Liquid Death in a 19 ounce 18 eight packs. So, Woo-hoo. but I did order another eight pack for the road uh, for my trip this weekend. So, save me some money for my overseas trip. But um, back to our question of dishonor that's got nothing to do with grocery stores. Our, bum, bum, bum. our good friend Brendan, the Irish misfit, uh, you can who we can hear tomorrow. On a watch along, but it'll be the day Sunday probably is that drops, or maybe Monday. Uh, but got a question to sign for you guys. Uh, if you were to, to create the decade stable for Ring of Honor before they shut the doors, who would be in it? Three guys and a young boy. And his answer was uh, BJ Lethal, Rhett Titus, and Silas Young, which I thought was an interesting pairing with those two. With Griff Garrison as the rookie. Hmm. 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 Yo. The Red Titus is Red Titus is a good pull. Yeah, because I mean, as we're, we're I mean, talking- he's not he's not in he's not he's not here in 2014. No, I mean he's 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 gone from Ring of Honor. Um. Haven't seen him since last June or whatever. Yeah. So, um, I'm just trying to think. You know, it's tough not. So I, I, I would, I kind of want to steal Rhett Titus, because that, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, and I take Matt Taven. Yeah. The other Derry, New Hampshire's very own. That's right. Except for he's actually from here. I'm just a transplant. Silas is a good pick too. I was trying to think of like who has the longevity, right? So like at that point, we're looking at guys like Jay Lethal, Matt Taven, RT. And it's like there's people still like the Briscoes, but like the Briscoes don't really feel like they would be like a decade type personality. I know it's you know, I mean Gresham wasn't a long timer, but he's obviously pretty bitter at this point, but obviously it comes out a little bit later. I mean, Bennett, you know. You kind of have Bennett and Taven in there. Ooh. 
I mean, I'm just kind of going through the, that final card, that final final battle card in my head. You know what? I'm going to go the Rebellion as a stable. Rebranded as the Decade. You got Kenny King, Shane Taylor, and Caprice Bowman. I mean, Shane Taylor is not a long, long time Ring of Honor, but long time enough to be bitter. Um, and obviously, Kenny King is come and gone, and Caprice obviously has been there for, you know, for fucking forever. Yeah, I'm going to rebrand the Rebellion as the Decade. God damn. Who, who's your young boy? That's another question. Then who the fuck is Griff Garrison? <laughs> um, who's Griff Garrison in the ring of honor back then? It's possible he was doing something because, like, right when they did the Jay Briscoe uh, tribute shows, they had, like, uh, Little Ziggler was working, like, in the back and as, like, part of the crew. Well, I mean, Cash Woods isn't really a young boy. Shit, Austin Gunn was in the all. Oh, man. I know he's kind of a young, or he's a little bit older, but I'm going to say fuck it. I'm going to say Dax Raper. He would be a great young boy. Big, athletic. Um, how cool. I don't know how he is not signed somewhere, uh, but he will be at Grandel Wrestling down in St. Louis on March 24th. Uh, a review or a preview Ooh. here on. Uh, this very uh, wrestling network. Yeah, I'm going to go Tax Raper. Winner of the 2019 Top Prospect Tournament as a young boy. Those are good. So those are some good picks. You have a young boy in mind? Oh, yeah. Please don't isolate that. I'm I'm not going to, but you know, there's some some other people who may listen to this show, yeah, could, could win, that, that, that could end up that could end up on the uh, on the on Tony's soundboard. Yeah, so Freeds, I know you are doing some uh, some <laughs> work for other podcasts. Do not, I repeat, do not. That's really bad. Well, we are totally getting canceled, but anyways. So my, if I were to pick like a trio, right? So I had Rhett Titus, good job, Brandon, uh, Matt Taven, 
and I don't know if the timing necessarily works out, but I was thinking Dalton Castle. Okay, yeah. I don't know how long exactly Dalton Castle was. You remember, I think it was a while. I think he, had, he, he was there for a while. And we've seen him since we started the show a couple times. That's 10 years. We're at say eight years, so yeah. Perfect. Take it. For the young boy. Jeff Cobb. The 2018 Top Prospect Tournament. That would be it. That's, that's a hell of a young boy. I'm thinking more of somebody like like a Wheeler Yuta. Because, I mean, that's pretty much all he is for Blackpool Combat Club is just pretty much the weapon boy, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, Joe Keys with a Ken Dixon guy, but didn't one of those guys get, like, himself in some trouble? I mean, saying Ken Dixon got in trouble, I mean, that sounds fitting. It's a Maryland guy, right, I think? Yeah, shout out to. Uh, I'm curious now. Yeah, shout out to a personal friend of uh, of this podcast, uh, my good friend Annex and Rudy. I found out I was almost in the 2018 Ring of Honor Top Prospect Tournament, but was screwed over by a local wrestler who will remain anonymous in this conversation. But, uh, but Brendan, yeah, thank you for your answer. Uh, yeah, and high fivers. Uh, you know, I'm, obviously, if you guys after we do these questions, uh, feel free to send in your answers. We are totally, um, yeah, not that way. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to pick the Rebellion and uh, Jack Draper. Jack Draper does not fit with the Rebellion whatsoever, but that's what makes it work. Are they, would they do really, it's going to be so shady to even say this way, is there going to be shitty off-color jokes a la early 2000s WWE? Yeah, probably. Like when Christian's in that Survivor Series team, he's like, you know, we're all, I'm a little different than the rest of you guys. Which one of these is not like the other? So. It's a Canadian, right? <laughs> yeah. Did recently I think we talked about that last week, but... Yeah. I... Part of me wants to keep up with what's going on. Like I don't watch any other wrestling. Yeah, other than this Ring of Honor, other than the Ring of Honor, we watch this. I don't watch. I mean, I was I was kind of really wanting to check out Impact, but with the with Scott Demore being out, it's like ah, oh, maybe I'll wait and see. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta pop back up on my New Japan. I have to get through all these uh, new beginning trails. So I didn't watch the main new beginning, but. I'll probably sign up for New Japan World again when the best of Super Junior starts, and I'll suffer through that again. So awesome! I don't know if we'll be suffering, but um, but will we've got a couple of oh, it's gonna be suffering if fucking Master Wado wins again. See, you haven't. I don't even know what a Wado is. He looks really good. 
And he's teaming up with fucking. And then the hubris. He goes for the big. He goes for the big stupid move instead of getting the win. He had the match won, but his hubris and his youth got in the way. You know him and Death. That's why his move is called Path to the Grandmaster. He is not. Oh, that's right. The front. They were a team in uh, tag league. It was awesome. Desperado. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. Um, but um, we got. A I'll couple, take your word for it. But we got a couple other high flyers questions, though. High fivers. Sorry. High we do. High flyers was yesterday for the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. Which everybody should check out on Visionaries Global Media. Perhaps every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Hey, that's today. That is today as we record them. So, uh, if we're going chronologically, we have a question from at UTT Rob. With all the serial chat on episode 112. WCW used to send Lee Marshall, the voice of Tony the Tiger, to the city they'd be in next week to phone in. Who from the Ring of Honor 2014 roster would you get phoning into the show from the next town? I had no idea that Lee Marshall was the voice of Lee, uh, Tony the Tiger. That's a fucking crazy pull there, fucking Rob. Jesus. They're great! Um... I mean, it's really hard to not pick the low-hanging fruit of Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly, Kevin Steen, Steve Carino. You know, um, low-tie guy, no. A little more creative. Not, not, not Mercer. Not Kevin Mercer, my, my brother from another mother. Yeah. Um... I mean, Bobby Cruz. Nope, no Bob, no Bobby Cruz at this the state of the art. Yeah, that was I didn't know if that's all a bit in the way in. Um, and I think I mean, Chris Martini would be fun. Haven't haven't seen Truth Martini in a while. I mean, he'd have plenty of time to get city to city. Yeah. Um. Good moment. Mm. You know what? I'm gonna totally go out of left field here. They do cut out great promo. I'm gonna say Rick Young. Elsa Tones and good pick. I could see bringing in the people. You know, working up. That's a stellar pick. Yeah, I'm going Maria. Yeah. Right on the mic. Shouts out to us not picking Mark Briscoe. I mean, that just writes itself. Mark Briscoe and or Homicide. No, no. Um, <laughs> Ring of Honor. <laughs> I'm in the Baltimore. Um, what say you, Will? Sorry, as I got. I should have looked up before I said that. Sorry. It's all right. I'm just slamming, slamming these beverages. Let's say Steve Carina. Really good at him. Especially, I mean, he he's working on his catchphrases. Yeah, which is hilarious. So, 
Um, really enjoying Steve Carino right now on this pick. So, and uh, but yeah, once again, thanks to Rob. I do know that um, they are on a little bit of a hiatus right now, so looking forward to some more content. Uh, but always a great follow. Um, we say this all the time. If you high fivers are not following on tanking the territory on the Twitter machine, I don't know what the fuck to tell you what you're doing. You, you can go back and listen. You can listen to all the Tink Abbott stuff, and you can listen to the stuff about Haystacks and whoever else. They were at Wembley, and there was a fuck ton of people. Big Daddy, yeah, they they will be wrapping that up. So, eight or uh, eighteen million people. That's a lot of fucking people. That's a lot of fucking people. Maybe more than the Super Bowl. I don't know. That's a that's almost as many people else in this podcast. Almost. I mean, it's. I mean, it almost. Is. They're getting there. Yeah, it's it's tough to top, but um, yeah. And Rob, like I said, you know, don't hesitate to ever answer the questions too if you want to send something in. Uh, but we do have one more from our social social media manager uh, of Ring of Honor podcast. Um, Kratzo, I'm calling you out, my friend. You got to start sending some questions of dishonor here, my friend. So, are are we ready for for questions? Who he's probably got some like I don't know, you know. All right, man. It, it'll go with our international flavors. We can pick another box off that fucking. We we do have a we do have a dedicated international audience, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, kind of fucking redonk. So that's right as fuck. Yeah. So, um, what did was uh what was SJ's question? SJ for? wanted she she threw us the. Uh, Something a little different. SJ wanted to know if we're gonna make a Ring of Honor wrestler a dinosaur. What dinosaur are they gonna be? Obviously, Michael Elgin is the most dinosaur-like wrestler in Ring of Honor, but for some odd reason, I'm picturing Roddy Strong as a T-Rex. I think T-Rexes were pretty quick. Vicious? No. Raptors. Well, raptor, I mean, yeah, but I mean, they're small. Like a Velociraptor. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're small for a dinosaur, but I mean, the Velociraptor was still six feet tall. <laughs> and they had the kick. Oh, or just T-Rexes really just fucking vicious or what? Why everyone likes them? No, I will. With modern science, they've determined that they were more than likely scavengers. Really? Because they were big, had terrible eyesight, and they had those stumpy little arms, so they really couldn't grab anything. They were they're pretty much there for decoration. Okay, fair enough. They they just uh, they lumbered around carcass to carcass and just obviously nobody's going to be shoving them out of the way, so. All right, so what you're telling me is that R.D. Evans is a triaster or T-Rex. Picking the bones. The bound opponent. Or he could be, he's like one of those uh, compsignathuses, you know, the little bastards from the second Jurassic Park movie, the little green bastards that, like, eat the little kid. Him and Truth and Martini, a little pack of them. Um... All right, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go with scavenger Artie Evans. I'm gonna make uh, 
Tommaso Ciampa, a Pachycephalosaurus. That's the one with the hard head. Also from the second Jurassic Park movie, one that like, headbutts the Jeep. So do you know most of your dinosaur knowledge from Jurassic Park? Oh no, I got a lot of dinosaur knowledge, Tom. That was that was my nerd that was the OG nerd thing. I actually have a book about the extinction of the dinosaurs on my bookshelf. I'll read it eventually. I'm just not a big nonfiction reader, but I saw it, I'm like, I need to have this book. So what was the big rhinoceros looking thing? Was that a brontosaurus or whatever? Like the horn? Uh, a triceratops. Triceratops. That's definitely yeah. Triceratops has like the has like has like has like the fan, the fan around the head, and it has the the horns pointing outward. Yeah. Smokus, why are you scratching a chair that's brand new when there's a thirty year old chair you can scratch? Not not a dinosaur per se, but Kevin Steen. You know, Kevin Kelly pointed out on commentary that Steen could be like a big teddy bear. Steen could be like one of those ancient like sloths that were like 20 feet tall and like just went around mauling things like bears yeah not a dinosaur Kevin Steen does like the panda bears big fan of pandas cracked me up when they put out that shirt and they're like why is there a panda on he's like pandas rule I need one of those I really gotta step up my Kevin Steen well, I, I, I check I check eBay periodically to see if I can find a Kevin Steen guilty shirt. Yeah, high fivers on. Might have to, might have to bootleg that. <laughs> it's gotta be out there somewhere. So, um, you're gonna find you're gonna go to Brazil or something, and you're gonna see some stall. <laughs> wouldn't be it wouldn't be the first time. So, um. I've seen old Bray Wyatt shirts on like third party sites. I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of fine not giving Vince McMahon my money. <laughs> yeah. I can uh, get it printed on a different color. <laughs> and what's the really tall one, the giraffe looking one? So there was like, we used to say Brontosaurus, but they've also come out and said, I think it's Brontosaurus wasn't actually a thing. That was kind of a mishmash of a bunch of other ones. But like, that's like opening a Jurassic Park, right? Where it's like... Something happened on Dynamite. Tall some bitch eating leaves. Yeah. That's definitely What's happening on Dynamite? I know. Um, I don't know what what is happening on Dynamite. What what's happening in real time? The people listen to this on Saturday, and it won't be real time anymore. They probably already know, but I don't even know what's happening. I don't know. I will find out once a uh, text message comes in. Um, yeah, I know. Oh, semi semi Ring of Honor news related. Uh, the Briscoes are being inducted into the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame by GCW. Oh no shit. Uh, Sunday, April 7th is their ceremony. The Briscoes are the second inductees for this year. Where is that? Where are they doing it? They usually do it in New York, I think. 
I went to City Riot the weekend after that. Actually, well, that's the day after their. Or that's funny. That's a Sunday. Yeah, that's the day after the eclipse. That just no, it's in a uh, Philadelphia. Mm, oh, mini weekend. Sheridan, Philadelphia downtown. Yeah, why can't twelve p.m. Eastern time? Yeah, why can't they do it next year when WrestleMania is in Minneapolis? You gonna go? Uh good chance. Yeah. You know, I know some people. So. Well, awesome. Um, well, thank you all of the great high fivers for your questions and honor. Um, make sure you are following all the great high fivers um, on the social medias. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break here before we jump into uh, all the great Ring of Honor action this week. Uh, but make sure you're following all the great shows here on Visionaries Global Media. Uh, we've got bands from Ringside. We've got JCB. we got Three Beers Act. Uh, new to Visionaries Global Media. Nattering with E. Region SJ. Um, actually, Brunnen appears on Nattering. So Brunnen's going to be on VGM twice this week. He was taking over. Um, Brunnen always takes over. He's, he's everywhere. Yeah, and uh, obviously check out Nishkai, uh, Graham, and Matt over at Good Cop, Bad Cop. Uh, I know a couple of shows are on hiatus. Hopefully, Brand Buster Boys come back. Uh, I'll be hanging out the weekend with um, Boy Diesel here at Visionaries Global Media. Uh, make sure you're enjoying all these great shows here on the Shining Wizards Network. Will and I will see you on the other side of the break. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps.
Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Enjoy, everyone enjoys all the great shows here on the Shining Wizards Podcast Network. But will we have an eye pay per view with some kind of thing? State of the Art, air date February 8th, 2014, from San Antonio, Texas. February 8th, 2014. I was balls deep in that time and worked at things for my EMP clip. Enjoying your freedom from school. February 2014. 2014. I would have been sweating out the final stretch. Because I had an extra semester. So actually at that point, I think my classes would have been done. So I would have just been working. Yeah, it's hard to imagine shit was 10 years ago. Um, but interesting, Will, our opening match is a quote unquote Ring of Honor title match. It's something a little different here. Um, this was not in the this was not in the production notes. This was not in the uh, the programming notes that Steve Carino finally got. Yeah, Steve Carino finally upgraded to the fact that he now gets production notes. But uh, um, interesting. Jay, Jay Jay Briscoe comes out to the ring and says, uh, 
He doesn't want to wait. He wants Adam Cole right now. Yeah. So he can take his bitch ass down to the ring. And Adam Cole does. Comes down in gear. Kevin Kelly scrambles to get a microphone and do the ring announcing. Because Kevin Kelly does ring announcing, I think, on all the matches for this show. Yeah, I didn't know if it's Except for maybe the local guys. The local, when they had the local guys, I think they had a different ring announcer. That's cool. That's kind of a nice touch, but uh, um, but Kevin Kelly, you know, quickly gets out there that uh, the real world's champion is in the ring, Jay Lethal, or yeah. not Jay Lethal, Jay Briscoe, Jay Briscoe, and the the Ring of Honor heavyweight champion, Adam Cole. Um, I got my notes here. Obviously, you know, Adam Cole, he may be, you know, may look like a pretty boy, but I mean, we've talked about this before. That boy can take a fucking whooping. Man, can Jay Briscoe give one? Um, and no of, code of honor. They they get in the ring and they light up as soon as they're both in that ring. Yeah, there's not much time for breathing. Um, Jay doesn't even take the vest off. No, you know, and uh, to break down the fourth wall, I mean, Jay Briscoe was very instrumental, you know, in giving Adam Cole that title. I mean, not just on screen, but like you know, behind the scenes. Um, Jay really believed in Adam Cole, so that was always kind of cool. Um, you really couldn't tell by Halloween they didn't act here, but um, you know, they always say, you know, in wrestling, this is yeah, best friends always smoke from the, the stiffest matches. Um, you know, obviously, uh, as you're here on Adam Cole, um, Adam Cole even hit the twist of fate, uh, but Jay kicks out of it. Uh, but in the end, Adam Cole grabbed Jay's belt. Uh, to hit Jay, but Jay turns around um, and hits a super kick on Adam Cole in a Jay driller and hits uh, the one, two, three. Um, not really. Yeah, because uh, Todd Sinclair, Todd Sinclair intercepted the, the title belt. Steve Carino did not like that Todd Sinclair got involved. Touching Adam Cole. You can't touch the rest touch, of He touched Adam Cole. How dare he? Um, Steve Carino, probably a little jealous for that. Um yeah, I mean, a, a great, you know, a great match. Um, hot fire start. You know, this uh, this continues here. So, I mean, Jay Briscoe does continue with, uh, with that belt. But um, crowd really gives the business really kind of the first time we've seen Adam Cole really kind of cower. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I wasn't sure. Was this match for Jay's belt or Adam's? Or for Jay's belt. Okay, just... Okay. So this is the one that he put the he put the challenge out uh, back in January, I think it probably was. And Adam Cole said, "I'll give you my answer later." So this is the follow up to that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, good uh, hot start. After that, we had uh, Caprice Coleman, uh, the aforementioned Caprice Coleman. Of the rebellion, uh, in my decade, two twenty twenty one stable, uh, versus the romantic touch, um, you know, Carito really putting over uh, the romantic touch, um, real Twitter friend, um, music, especially and- the especially the the music. Steve Carino's a big fan, very romantic, and uh, Carino says he makes beautiful kids. Um, Carino also mentions that lots of guys went through San Antonio, in uh. <laughs> Like we talked about a little earlier, including some guy with a weird eye. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Will, these two were really great together. You know, the romantic touch, the fact, I mean, got a great drop kick. Really kind of reminds me of something. But you know, Caprice, man, on this comeback trail, looking good. Another classic Ring of Honor match. But, um, you know, I always love when Caprice hits the, you know, his, his holy trinity of suplexes. Uh, kind of going with the whole little scene. And then, um, and of course, you know, Romantic Touch got called DDT a kick from the rose. But, uh, you know, Caprice counters that with a leg drop thingy off top rope, and Caprice gets a win here. So you know, if, if, they, if they brought Rhett Titus back, Rhett Titus and the Romantic Touch would be a hell of a tag team. Good. And they could just swap trunks and they wouldn't even have to, you know. Or they could be like RT squared or something like that. Um, but after that, uh, we did have the runner up in uh, this year's 2014 top prospect tournament, Raymond Rowe uh, versus BJ Whitmer. Uh, obviously, stoked to see Raymond Rowe here. We are big fans. Now, uh, the decade is at Minkside, Bill. Now, no handshake because the decade don't respect nobody. Um, obviously, Roll got to show it against Hanson. Um, I will, like we talked about, wish that match had been a little bit uh, longer. Uh, but Whitmer's a great dance for a partner here for Roll. Uh, really show what he can do on the mat because Roll, I mean, he's a big, early, strong motherfucker, and he can wrestle. He can do the wrestles really well. Um, you know, and then Karina on commentary still hates BJ Whitmer, and he says, I bet you, you know, if I had asked, you know, Everyone is scum. I asked to join, but I bet you if I asked BJ Whitmer, he would have switched sides. So I love how they're going with that. Um, you know, and I love how they always put Raymond Rowe wrestles like a man. I like it's his last match. Um, and also, <laughs> Rose, I don't know if he caught this will, but his full Nelson is called the Death Row. Yes. I like that. That's awesome. Uh, in the end. Not a, not a move you want to take if you're like a BJ Whitmer who has a history of neck issues. You really don't want to get kneed in the back of the head. No, no. Uh, but in these two, uh, the end, these two go strike for strike. Uh, but then uh, Whitmer hits a lariat into a suplex for the win. Um, I wish Roll would have gone down to a little bit better of a finisher here. Uh, it looked good. Uh, but then Whitmer, Whitmer costs Carino, says, say something, say something. Uh, but Jacobs gets on the mic, uh, says, everyone sucks. Uh, they came back here, and uh, they're going to rule the place. Uh, Jacob says he got beat up you know, time and time again, but he had to earn his respect. And uh, they call out Cedric out for uh, for stealing Roddy's backbreaker, and they hold hammer home this top solo and backbreaker, and then Will we get roll right into Cedric Alexander versus Jimmy Jacobs. I know I kind of uh did a lot there real quick, but do you have any uh, comments on the rim and roll, BJ Whitten? We're going to Cedric and Jimmy here. No, if anything, it felt short. But they, they squeeze a lot in here, so a lot of decade content. Hopefully, it doesn't get too scummy. Yeah, all right, we're we're doing pretty good with our our post scum clarity. We're do, we're doing pretty all right. Yeah, and uh, I mean we'll mention a little bit later, but Karina will start and actually admit that he might have actually been a member of scum. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, he, he he may have been adjacent. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, the decade really their big target has been Cedric Alexander. Uh, so there's not going to be any quote of honor in this match. Uh, these two went tit for tat. 
Uh, Drew Jacobs has always shown off his ring IQ. Um, you know, and how he got he got Cedric in the corner and just kept stomping on him like over and over. Um, Roddy got into it with some little kid, and I thought that his grandpa was gonna punch Roddy in the fucking mouth. That's always fun. Um, but uh, in the end, Cedric gets a backbreaker right in Roddy's face, kind of pushing Roddy's face. Uh, Roddy's not happy about it, cuts in the ring. Uh, but then Jacobs comes out of nowhere for the spear for the win. Um, I love Jimmy Jacobs, love Cedric Alexander, but I really don't like that they sold the because I mean, that backbreaker is supposed to be so devastating, and Jimmy Jacobs is up in like 38 seconds. Um, well, what do you think? Right, it's because it's who administers the move too, right? Yeah. That's my thing when it's like when a lariat is like the finishing move. It's like, but you hit clothesline through the whole match. So why is it just this clothesline? Yeah. Um, but yeah, after the match, Cedric's looking for that code of honor. But uh, Roddy Strong is not having it. He is hating fucking Cedric. Uh, they get on the mic. Uh, they want, you know, and they talk about, in my day, you know, we unlaced the, you know, the boots of the veterans, blah, 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 blah. So they want. Yeah, they, they pull it right. They pull out a chair. Jimmy Jacobs sits in the chair. And they tell, tell Cedric he's got to unlace his boots. Cedric says, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, so they bring out a generic black suitcase. Yeah. Yeah, B- BJ Wetmer supposedly goes back to the locker room. Then they're saying Cedric's not allowed in the locker room. If he wants to be disrespectful of veterans, he's not in the veterans' locker room. So he's not allowed to, to piss there, to change there. So they come out with like the black duffel bag, and he like, throws it around. And it's like, that's your bag, right? You're not welcome in the locker room. So they have him just go up to like the stage that's there. And he sits there with his duffel bag. It's like, bro, just leave. It's like your match is over. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I get what they're trying to get across, but the will, uh, the one kind of a little bump here in the match or in in, uh, in the evening, uh, we got Alex Reigns, the one true Texan, uh, versus Wheezy Woo, um. Weezy Woo career really didn't find much. Um, but Weezy Woo, uh, also known as Kenneth Johnson, was actually part of the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, actually wrestled as recently as 2020 when he lost on, on SmackDown to Aleister Black. So, no shit. Maybe I should have put a little more respect on the old Weezy Woo. And... Because even even, I, that's why I say I think they brought in a different announcer for this because it sounded a little different. Kevin Kelly than Seymour was like, Wheezy Woo. Yeah, um, Kevin was like, that's what it says. <laughs> yeah, uh, but be, match was definitely this match sucked, Tom. It was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I had my notes; it was okay. Uh, even on toy, even on double speed, this match wasn't that great. Yeah, um, definitely a popcorn match after the crowd. Um, you know, uh, but in the end, um, I think, uh, the woo master hit a nice top rope neck breaker. Uh, but then RD Evans comes in, he pins Alex Rain. That, that neck breaker was really good. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Uh, but the story here, Will, 
is uh, Artie Evans comes in, he pins Reigns to go 30-0. and 0. Uh, But he tries to pin Weezy, but Weezy kicks out. And, uh, you know, um, and he's, Artie Evans like, oh, man, I was just kidding, I was just kidding. But damn well, the fucking crowd was popping for Artie. The transfer. And, and the referee. You, yeah. you saw who the referee was, right? Oh, that was with uh, with RD. Yeah, that uh, yeah, was uh, Stokely. Yeah, that was fun. They had a, a little comment on there that uh, that RD Evans stuck Rodman was in Korea and put, put Rodman in rehab. Um, but, uh, well, and they talk about his other matches. He was one like they, he beat Hogan in his house, but it was Horace Hogan. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, but he congrats Weezy, but then he rolls him up, and now he's 31 and 0. Right, and everybody in the crowd has these numbers, and the, the signs are being updated. They're 31 and 0. Yeah, crowd was fucking into it, but uh, um, but Roddy comes out, uh, says, You don't wrestle Mr. Ring of Honor, and uh, Roddy beats him toe to post. Um, Cedric's on the call. Yeah, because he because RD right says that he's he's got the the greatest undefeated streak. He should be just he should just be called Mister Ring of Honor, which brings Roddy back out because as we know, Roddy does not like his gimmicks and moves set infringed upon. No, not in the league. Um, yeah, Cedric, great on you know on the call here. Um, once again, Roddy does that, like, you know, where he picks him up in, like, in a weird barrel and that backbreaker on the apron to RD. Oof. Uh, but in the end, you know, Roddy and Cedric get into it. Roddy spits on Cedric. Uh, Cedric comes into the ring, kicks RD by accident, and, uh, RD Evans wins the match to go 32 and 0. I don't think it was by, it was by accident. I, 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 I think it was on purpose because if you kick RD, Roddy loses by disqualification. Yeah, uh, and then obviously Roddy and Cedric battle the back. Up. So in a in a daze because they they fight to the back. RD Evans is pretty much picked up off the ground. And it's like, buddy, you won. He's like, I won, I won, I won. Yeah, and they bust out a little eighteen twelve overture and uh, crowds into it. Will it makes me a little nervous. 30? 32 and 0. People, people love it. Yeah. Um, well, our next match, uh, the national treasure, Mr. Mark Bresco takes on uh, Michael Bennett. Uh, Mark coming off here, very Texas like, uh, rocking that cowboy hat. That was a nice touch. He uh, comes out with a cowboy hat. And uh, I, I had to chuckle here. Carino says that uh, Mark's got a camel belt. A camel bell colored it for in redneck kung fu. Um, you also need redneck kung fu t shirts, people. So make sure you hook that up. So, um, of course, I mean, well, the cowbell under the ring, you know. So, um, but, uh, however, in the end, Mark goes up for Froggy Bowl, uh, but Maria's distracts Bennett. Um, Kevin Kelly grabs a chair and uh. They whack him in the head, and then he puts on that clutch, and then uh, what is it? The coquita? No, it's what's oh the anaconda, whatever. The, the, the anaconda vice um, brings in uh, the CM Punk chant. Um, 
You know, Bennett calls out Jay for his redneck title. Jay obliges. Um, Jay comes out and they fight. Uh, Maria inter interferes. But Will, Adam Cole comes out. And uh, we got Adam Cole does come out. It's a it's a little bit of a throwback. I mean, that was a while ago where they had the tag match where they were partnered up and they wore matching gear that back then too. So maybe we're gonna see more Adam Cole. Maybe this this is the OG kingdom. Yeah. Speaking of which, Mike Bennett will be at AAW on Friday. In a four-way oh. match, he's going to be going for the title later that evening at KB Vega. Um, fun match. I mean, a lot of these matchups are really just really classic Ring of Honor matches in a good way. Um, Martin, matches are good, yeah. You know, obviously they're they're polar opposites in Adam, but uh, but Will next, uh, we've got a proving ground match with Adrenaline Rush taking on Reed Dragon. Um, obviously ATH is from the area, getting a huge hometown pop. His family's in the building. Um, what are your thoughts on the proving ground concepts? Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. I mean, I'm fine with it. But if it does kind of feel to an extent like it's like right, it's just like a fluffer thing where it's like, well, we don't want to do the title match yet, but this we're gonna say like, oh, they win this if you get the title shot. Um, you know, but they do mention on here that you know Red Dragon could just you know take a good time on the draw just to give him a false sense of security. Um, the Young Bucks do get a mention here. So hopefully, we see more of them. But uh, ACH. Uh, and Bobby Fish battling was was a fun combo. But honestly, Will, like, if you put any four of these, you know, any combination of these four, would be a lot of fun. Um, this was really good. They're, and they talk about uh, Bobby Fish being fresh off of the boat, being back from Noah. Yeah. Right? Is it Noah he's working right in Japan? I think so, yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, Tadarius Thomas is thrown on to Kevin Kelly. Uh, and Carino pushes getting beat up, uh, getting heat, um, really getting some heat here um, from from the crowd and everything. But uh, you know, classic not seeing a tag, heel faking the tag. But in the end, um, ACH does a huge flip to the outside, almost came off the fucking ceiling. Uh, it's knock out fish and then uh, frog splash all the way from Houston to San Antonio for the pin. Uh, crowd erupt, crowd erupt to here, man. So adrenaline rush. It's a future title, future title shot against Reed Dragon. Um, listen, I didn't have a lot of notes on this because it's definitely one of those matches that I really sat down and watched more than anything. But, uh, Will, what do you think? I was fun. I was kind of surprised, honestly, that Adrenaline Rush won. It's nice. I thought it was going to go to a draw, but. Um, I could watch all four of these. Right, because they, they drop it at the start, right? They're like, oh, because if it goes to a draw, I think they still get a title match, but you kind of shake their momentum. It's not like the other team has the momentum of a win going into the title match. So, um, yeah, we shall see. So, hopefully, you know, they say they're going to pump up the tag team division. Um, hopefully, that comes to fruition. But uh, our main events will, which they mentioned once. I think at the beginning, but um, or counter survival, but it's not so far survival because it's a for um, 
It's not right. It's not a four corner survival match. So it's just a fatal four way match. Um, was the winner? Because uh, they they announced it as four. They announced it as four corner survival, but with Texas rules. Yeah, so it's just a fatal four way match. First fall wins. Yeah, I was in a local show where they did some also just um, some fuckery like that, but uh, um, so yeah, the winner gets title shot, and uh, it's kind of my funny to think, obviously at this point. Um, Kevin Steen. Oh, I forgot to mention the combatants. So it's Jay Lethal, Michael Elgin, Kevin Steen, and Tomas Ciampa. But at this time, Steen's the only former world champion in this match. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Test of strength here, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Kevin Steen wants no part of it. Uh, Michael Elgin wins that. Um, gets Jay Lethal and Ciampa down uh, with, uh, with the knuckle locks. Uh, but Steve punches Elgin, making it worse for the other two. Um, we even got the appearance of an Okada role. I still think every time they say it sounds like Okada instead of O'Connor. Um, you know, Steve Carino mentioned it, but at this point, obviously, Steen just looks happy. Um, you know, he's had a rough couple months, you know, he just looks happy wrestling, and uh, but he still has never gotten his fucking rematch. It's all the way in April, don't spend a year. Yeah, right there, and there's the, the illusion right where he's like, oh, I was with Steen a lot during that last title run. Um, um, you know, one because he's letting go, right? Because Steen has Steen has let go and has moved on. Jimmy Jacobs is still very bitter. angry. Yeah. Um, at one point, it was kind of funny. Uh, they're all four of them are fighting, and then they switched dance partners. So Elgin and Steen were fighting Lethal and Champa, and then they stopped, and it was Lethal and Steen and Campa and El- or Champa and Elgin. That was kind of fun. Uh, Elgin sidewalk slam Lethal. Macrino says, um. We should maybe, maybe um, name that move taking out the trash because obviously Reno is not a big fan of Jay Lethal. Uh, but Steen and that goddamn super sleeper suplex, I love that every time. Um, and, uh, but yeah. He hit there, that. Uh, there was some impressive stuff in this match. Kevin, or yeah, Kevin Steen, the, the sleeper suplex on Elgin where he, you hear him go, oh shit, when he, when he lifts him up. Because yeah. he gets the full rotation on it, which was crazy and then elgin powerbombing steen where he like just lifts him like up off the ground yeah from like the crouch position yeah um, unreal yeah in the end obviously he hits the package pile driver on lethal for the win so steven's gonna get his title shot um i wish this was five minutes longer package pile driver onto elgin oh really yeah. Yeah, I must have missed that. Okay. Um, so the, the full chain of events was Elgin did the buckle bomb. Steen tried to hit Elgin with the, the package pile driver. Lethal hit the super kick on Steen. Lethal eats a backfist and just rattles all however many teeth you have in your mouth. All of them, probably halfway into the audience. Because he didn't get the spin on the back, because he just like just like backhanded the fuck out of him, basically. And then they took down Elgin, and then Steen hit the package pile driver on Lethal on top of Elgin. 
And you don't take notes, and I missed all that. Which, and I, I like the continuity of that, right? Because Steen's package pile driver is not enough to beat Elgin, right? We've seen that already. Elgin kicks out of the package pile driver. He had yeah. to do a package pile driver from the top rope. But Jay Lethal can be dispatched with a package pile driver. On top of Michael Elgin, so. Um... Yeah, for a match, I was like, I thought it would be longer because I'm like, well, there's still six minutes left. Um, there was a really fun uh, Kevin Steen promo, um, which is a great listen. You know, he's a, you know, heckling a fan and all that good stuff. And uh, speaking of this Kevin Steen promo, uh, Will, you can actually hear that promo right here. Stakes are so high now. We're, we know we're going into Philadelphia with Adam Cole 
defending the ROH World Championship against Chris Hero. Now, if Hero wins the championship, that could lead into Hero versus Tennessee. Where? Look at where we're coming up. Milwaukee, yep. Chicago, Toronto, New York, back here in San Antonio in November, Nashville. ROH is on fire right now. It certainly is. We want to thank you for joining us here tonight in San Antonio. It has been a very, very special night. Kevin Steen with your main event. For Steve Carino, I'm Kevin Kelly.
The truth is, I was Ring of Honor champion for 11 months, and I had great matches against you. I had great matches against you. But holding the Ring of Honor title is something you dream of, and once it happens, you want to hold it to the standard of the people that held it before you, from Samoa Joe to Nigel McGuinness to Brian Danielson. enjoyed uh that promo but uh will over and all i know we kind of went pretty quickly through uh through that pay-per-view or i pay-per-view whatever you want to call it but uh what's next i think it's definitely worth checking out my like i didn't other than the the woo and alex reigns match uh there's your five more minutes for your main event right there yeah my only other gripe really was that the decade stuff was so close together. Yeah. Where we had him out, them out with Cedric, and then Roderick Strong pretty much left, and I feel like he just came right back rather than having like spaced out across the show. Because then you could even have it play in right that Cedric Alexander is like on the stage, the side. Yeah. Where like people can like point, yeah. cheer, boo, like whatever. Because Strong pretty much goes to the back for two minutes and then comes back out. He's like, oh, you want to call me out? Fine, here I am. It's like, no, I don't really want to. But... <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh... Yeah, and I, I'm really enjoying the Decade storyline. I really enjoy that they've targeted Cedric Alexander, so I'm really... I'm assuming, obviously, we're going to get him and Roddy here sooner than later, probably at the anniversary show. Um, and that's going to be a fuck of a match. So, yeah, all in all, really enjoyed. Uh, the the action was great. Like a lot of, a lot of just classic Ring of Honor type matches, which is a good thing. So, this but, is definitely worth checking out. Yeah, the yeah. crowd seemed a little deflated during the main event. Did you did you feel that way too? Yeah, I thought I, there were. It was like quiet. Like, not just like they were like dull, 
like they they rolled it back a little bit. Like there were some times where it felt like the crowd was like dead. Yeah, I think a lot of it's got to do because I mean, ECH being the hometown guy and getting the win, you know, that was a huge pop. So I think you kind of you probably could have placed that match a little bit differently. But yeah, they had a long day. Well, it's hot there in Texas, so. Uh, but Will, we've got uh, we were wrong. Um, we've got another Road Rage episode from Pittsburgh. Uh, Ring of Honor TV episode one twenty seven. Every week. <laughs> Original air date. That's not what I wanted. February twenty second, two thousand. Um. Is our, our rage and uh like we discussed, we thought maybe we wouldn't just wouldn't get two matches, but uh speaking of Cedric, we got him versus the former AAW tag team champion, Andrew Everett. Um, you know, and said so you can go back a couple weeks. <laughs> go back a couple weeks and obviously we reviewed this, but I'll kind of go over it again real quick. Uh both obviously from the same North Carolina roads. Um well, this matchup, on, or, you know, Roddy in the call, and like you said, it was supposed to be with Paul London and Roddick Strong. Is that what's supposed yes. to be? Yes. Yeah, it's supposed to be Paul. It was supposed to be Paul London and Roderick Strong, but Roderick Strong got dinged up a bit when he wrestled AJ Styles. I mean, you wrestled AJ's going to happen. Which so. is why he was on commentary, which we can hear. We can hear on a. Uh, we actually hear Roddy on a commentary this time around. Oh, that's right. That was this match. That, it was yeah. this match. So on the the pay per view that we we watched with Nick, uh, when Roddy was on commentary, we had no audio from Roddy. That's that's right. I forgot about but that. But now we do, and it was great. You know, and uh, you know, because I mean, they're talking here and now. Because here's here's the thing: I I I want to I want to concede it to Rob, right? Because Rob is dumped on Roger Strong's charisma, or whatever. He's not coming across like he's as mad as he's supposedly supposed to be. Please start chucking. Like, he's not. He's not coming across as like, even when you know jumping again, to the end of the match where Cedric uses the backbreaker initially, he's supposed to be, like, deeply offended, and he's just kind of like, oh, that's my move, like, whatever. It's like, I'm still the better person to use it. It's like, the the jump from, like, oh, yeah, I guess it was fine, whatever, to being, like, how dare you disrespect my move set. It's like, where did that happen? Yeah. He's, he's not selling me on it. The character's not selling me on it. Um, yeah, and obviously, listen, you know, Kevin Kelly and Cedric here were in uh, Carino. I'll compare Cedric to Roddy. Obviously, we talk about it a lot, you know, how Cedric and Roddy can both change that gear, you know, from first to third, you know, back to first and whatnot. And then compared ever to Jack Evans. And then uh, a couple times, I said Cedric had a move, and Roddy's like, Jack Evans did that to me. I wouldn't affect me or something like that. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but obviously, these two have great chemistry. Um, I mean, Andrew Everett's shooting star is a fucking thing to do with. Um, you know, it is really good. Too bad Cedric got the knees up. 
Yeah. Well, that was on the because he was close to he that that four fifty was really close to the corner. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, but he's a shooting star to the outside that was fucking a thing of beauty though. He had the hair corona thing. Yeah, under the DDT. Um, they mentioned Austin Aries. Um, you know, they pick up. Uh, you know, Cedric is you know stronger than people believe. Uh, he, you know, picks uh, Andrew Everett up by the or uh, the head scissors into a fireman's carry thing. But in the end, like Will said, uh, Everett does that four fifty. Yeah, that was really. I mean, Cedric's got to. He's got to move. You know, I, I know it doesn't make sense, but that was really fucking close. But he does four fifty. Uh, into Cedric's knees, and then uh, Cedric hit that backbreaker uh, lumbar check for the win, kind of throwing that right in Roddy's face. And uh, you know, he gets the quote of honor, crowd wants Cedric to come back, but uh, Roddy's upset. You know, Cedric's kind of playing up the crowd, and I was in a water bottle, hits him in the back of the head. I missed that the first time. And people, right, because the crowd's chanting for it, and Carino and Kelly are like, oh, you know. We would love to see a match between the two of you guys. And Roddy's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, we can see who the real master of the backbreaker is. And Roddy's like, hey, it's it's me. Like, Cedric will be a top, could be a top guy in like five years. But I'm still the master of it. So, um, I mean, he is the beside of the backbreaker for enough, you know. But uh, real quick, Will, we did get a review of the night of the, the night the Hoopla died. Obviously, uh, the Matt Taven, uh, Truth Martini breakup, and uh, our Truth Martini kind of calling everybody out. Um, also, we did get a quick review of Hanson and Rowe. I am the top prospect tenor, but we do get that TV title match next week, Will. So it's Raymond Rowe versus Moss Campbell for the TV title. Um, but on to our main event, which was the classic uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Steen versus Kyle O'Reilly, two Canadians. Um, and I really kind of, you know, they got an OA chant right off the bat. I uh, really love the sign in the front that says "Real Men Love the Zoos." You know, obviously we've talked many times here and the beers. I thought every time they did a move, you know, Kevin Steen would grab the rope, but they start grabbing the rope just for shits and giggles. Um, you know, I, I don't know what he's talking about, but uh, you know, mentions that a bunch of Ring of Honor alumni hate Kevin Steen, but we can't talk about them. You think they knew who the fuck they're talking about? Well, is is that just another way to reference scum? I mean, he's probably referencing Cliff Compton. Maybe, but they—I mean—they talk about Cliff. I mean, obviously Cliff Compton comes out and everything. So, yeah, I just—I just thought that was really kind of weird. So I don't know, but um, I thought the one point Kevin Steen slapped Kyle O'Reilly did a great job of selling that as he like flew out to the outside. Uh, yeah. And then we you get went, the crowd. You got bitch slap. You got bitch slap. And we get a real quick review. Um, obviously, AJ had taken on Roddy Strong. Uh, and then afterwards, I guess him and uh, Lethal said welcome back. But uh, we're going to get Jay Lethal and uh, AJ Styles next week. Bill. So we're going to stack card for, for our guest Carl next week. But uh, that that could that could be phenomenal. It could be one of the most phenomenal things ever. Um. And then Karina's talking about Steen's evil live tattoo. Um, I don't know if Karina's got something to do with it because we all know where that comes from. But uh, I thought uh, Kevin Steen goes for the F-Sync, but uh, the fun reversal in the armbar by Kyle O'Reilly. 
Um, you know, but Kevin Steen selling this elbow injury the entire time, much like my boy Zach Hendricks, even though he lost last week to the director Jaden Mercer for the ICW title uh, with an elbow injury. But, um, you know, he even hits the package pilot driver, but Kyle O'Reilly was super close to the well. Thought that was really done. I guess Kyle O'Reilly calls his kick, uh, kicks the axe and smash. But, uh, you know, this is a good chance. Yes. You know, it's a fun match because you can actually see Kevin Steen wrestle here um, against Kyle O'Reilly. Um, and obviously, Kyle O'Reilly can take a beating. But, uh, and then uh, Cliff Compton shows up, the aforementioned Cliff Compton. He's kind of distracting Kevin Steen here, but Steen survives and gets a sharpshooter onto Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, gets a pin. Um, and Kyle or Steen gets on, on their mic. He says, You know, this isn't Steel City anymore, it's Steen City. Uh, and Cliff Compton doesn't like that, and they fight. In the last five minutes, Tevi is just really Steen and uh, Compton fighting. Yep, uh, Steen, uh, Steen pulls out the table. And because Steen is the one who introduced the table, Steen is the one who went through the table. Yeah, so Compton with a really cool uh, is this Steen Club t-shirt, like Fight Club. So. Yeah. Yeah, once again, only two matches again this week, uh, Will. But obviously it's from the you know, a world of escaping. But, you know, like we always ask you, Will, uh, this is your last match of Ring or uh, first match of Ring of Honor TV. Who would you keep watching, Will? I think it's in a situation of the wrestling is good and they do kind of fill in the storylines, but it's like I don't really feel like I needed a recap of like there not being any more House of Hoopla. You know what I mean? Like, because that, that didn't really play into anything else on the episode. So they could have given us something to kind of bind more, like the Steen and or Kyle O'Reilly or something else. Like I feel like that time could have been used a little better. I mean, it wasn't. It's not a bad episode. You know, I mean, we're we're kind of spoiled that we had two events in a row. Yeah, be pretty, be pretty damn good. Um, when you had texted me that it's an episode of Road Rage, Hong Kong. Um, I thought the TV episode was going to be Road Rage from this because we were, uh, we, we both missed it, but we, we probably should have covered it last week if we were keeping up on time. So I was like, all right, this is what we're going to have next. So then to have it be like, oh no, we're, we're getting those other two matches. Interesting. Yeah. And two great matches. So I'm glad, you know, the, the TV, yeah. you know, um, yeah, in ring, they said that was kind of weird. That it's also true thing, but I don't know. I kind of like how they sprinkled it. It'd, it'd be, uh, it'd be curious knowing too if they still plan on doing like the Cedric Roddy feud. If Roddy didn't get hurt, because if Roddy didn't get hurt, you wouldn't have had the match against Andrew Everett on the card. Where did the backbreaker? So would like would they have still gone the same way? just push it out a little bit or like what the catalyst was going to be to get to that point, to get to this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh no, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. So I, uh, Good ring in action, so that, I mean, kind of further the story here. Um, I'm looking forward. I mean, yeah, as far as I know, we've got Champa versus Hanson. 
um, which their styles really kind of lend themselves to each other, and then we get a uh, lethal versus AJ Styles. So it's going to be fun, Will. It's going to be a good episode next week. Yeah. So. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, um, well, Will, we should probably pull his train to the station. You're definitely getting a little late here um, on your end. Choo-choo. Um, yeah, Will, uh, anything you want to put over here, my friend, before we, uh, let's say, before we pull a train into the station? Just thanks to the usual folks. Thanks to Visionaries Global Media. Thanks to the Shining Wizards Network. To our wives and uh, past guests, future guests, Brendan, SJ, you, Tom, keeping the, the wheels on the bus going round and round. Yeah, the wheels are going round and round for sure. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, high fivers. Get those uh, questions to Sonner in. Uh, we'll to, uh, try to do the best we can to send a reminder. Tweet Will's been kind of charged with Twitter lately. Oh, I did a little Twitter action myself, but uh, yeah, this is a good. Yeah, time. I haven't work 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 work's been killing me. So I haven't, I haven't been too proactive last uh, this past week. Pin tweet and stuff like that. But we're gonna. I want to figure out something. So, yeah, as as my man Biggie Langston says, it's a new day. <laughs> yes, it is. And on that note, high fivers. We'll see everybody next week. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.